Good morning, everybody. Well, we have nearly worked our way through May Mission Month and we've worked our way through this uh, series that we're looking at by Michael Frost in his little book, Surprise the World. And as we've gone through, we've learnt uh, a number of things about um, missional people. Missional people, first of all, are generous people. They seek to bless others with their words, with their time and uh, with the things that they do uh, or gifts that they give. Missional people are also hospitable people. They use their table just like Jesus used his table uh, to build relationships, to break down barriers, to welcome outsiders and to show what the kingdom of God is like. Missional people are spirit-led because they have spent time intentionally listening to God. When they're eating with others and when they're being generous to others, they're not just ticking off things on a list that they need to do. They are partnering with the Holy Spirit who sustains and empowers whatever they do because their lives have been marinated in the presence of God. It's not uh, just like, you know, sometimes you might cook a piece of meat and add some sauce to, you know, give it some extra flavour. These people are not like that. These people have marinated their lives in the presence of God. They're the slow kind, slow cooked kind of people um, who have a flavour that can't be... um, achieved in any other way, a missional flavour. Last week, Pastor Glenn showed us that missional people uh, are Christ-like because they have learned Christ. They take regular time to study the Gospels in their wider context of the New Testament and they understand the importance of repentance, turning from their old ways so that they can become more like Christ. And finally today we come to the last habit in that little book. Missional people understand themselves as being a sent people. Now, I know that it is in this point in the month of May that many people turn off. Because when we think of sent people, we're thinking of people that have to get on an aeroplane to go somewhere. We're thinking of people who've gone to Africa or they've gone to Asia or to South America or even to Central Australia. Anywhere that means that you have to get on an aeroplane. Those are the people that we think of often as being sent people. In fact, sometimes we think of ourselves more as being the senders than the sent ones. We often speak of being a sending church and whilst in our heads most of us probably know what that means, that language, that terminology reinforces the fallacy that in fact they are sent and the rest of us are not. We're the cheer squad who cheer on the ones who are sent. And as I was thinking about what all of this means. Do you know what came to my mind? Mushrooms. 
It probably doesn't come to a lot of your minds when you're thinking about mission. But uh, that's what you get when you take on a, a mycologist to be your, one of your pastors. Sometimes you're going to get a few weird messages and today is probably no exception. When I think about May, yes, I think about mission, but more often than not, I also think about mushrooms because May is mushroom month in Melbourne. There are mushrooms everywhere. When the weather chills down and the soil gets nice and moist, the mushrooms come out. For any that don't know me well, uh, maybe I, I need to explain so that you don't go away thinking that I've been on the, on the magic mushrooms. Um, I spent many years working in plant pathology, mycology, botany, uh, before taking up my role here. And sometimes it's hard for me to separate the two. Uh, when, when I think about things, that's the terms that I think about them in. We, we often do that. We think in the terms of things that we know. People who like aeroplanes think of things in terms of aeroplanes. People who are teachers think in terms of the situation that they're in. Now, I worked mostly with microfungi. So they're the fungi that you need a microscope to see. And that is a whole nother spectacular world that very few people are privileged um, to see on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a secret world, it's a beautiful world, um, but I got to appreciate it every day. So that was my job, but my hobby and it still remains my hobby to this day, were the macrofungi, uh, mushrooms, things that you could see and touch with your hands. Now, mushrooms, they're the fruiting structure of a fungus. And they make known to us, they give us a glimpse of this whole other world that most of us are otherwise completely unaware of. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. When most people think of the largest living thing on Earth, they think of the blue whale or the giant sequoia trees. Can I tell you, they are teeny tiny compared to the giants of the fungal world. In 1998, a single giant fungus of the genus Armillaria was discovered in the mountains of Oregon. Now, that fungus was the size, wait for it, of 1,665 football fields. 10 square kilometres. There is a single living thing on Earth that is 10 square kilometres big. And most people have no idea that it's on this planet. And even people who go to those mountains and walk around those mountains and can be standing right on top of that living thing that is 10 square kilometres big have no idea that it's there except for a few mushrooms dotted around the place. Now, that record-breaking fungus, the Armillaria, is known as the humongous fungus. Mycologists like to give things names. It's the humongous fungus. 
and it kills trees. It's a pathogen. But most of the giants of the fungal world don't kill things. Um, they actually work within ecosystems. Um, they do, well, we wouldn't be here without them because they do so much of the decaying and recycling uh, on our planet. Long before humans ever invented the World Wide Web, there was one out in the forests and mycologists call it the Wood Wide Web. And it's how trees talk to each other. So you might think that you know a tree just sort of stands there and then maybe in autumn it drops its leaves and it sprouts some more in spring and that's about all that's going on in a tree. But trees communicate with one another. Trees share resources with one another and they do all of this through the wood wide web and the wood wide web is made up of fungi, masses and masses of underground hyphal networks. So for example, when a tree is attacked by insects, it recognises and responds to that attack and it alerts the trees around it by sending a chemical signal through the wood wide web. And the trees that receive that signal can adjust their own chemistry, almost like sort of firing up their immune system in preparation for the onslaught of the insects that are coming their way. It is an amazing world that most of us are completely unaware of, were it not for those few little mushrooms that we see here and there. And in my mind, the kingdom of God is a lot like that. Absolutely amazing. Very much a part of the present reality here on earth. But most people are completely oblivious to it. And the only means that they will ever have of becoming aware of it is through its mushrooms. And the church is the mushrooms for the kingdom of God. And if we follow that analogy through of the church being like the mushroom that shows where this hidden kingdom is and shows us a little bit of what it's like, then maybe given the success of the kingdom fungi on earth, we need to take a few lessons from the mushrooms and that's what we're going to do this morning. Like churches, mushrooms are as diverse as you could imagine. Some of them have the, the typical uh, you know, stalk and cap, but many of them do not. Their fruiting structures don't have that sort of shape. All of them have just one purpose, to send out spores and to advance the kingdom fungi on this planet. Now, of all of the fungi, the most loved by my children over the years has been this one here, the Earth Star. It's very common that we find them in our backyard all the time. You find it in sort of tan bark and things like that. Starts off as a pretty ugly looking just ball. 
And over time, that outer coat cracks and that ball opens and it curls back to give this star-like shape. And then the middle part pushes up as though it's raising the main event up on a platform. And the main event is that great big... Well, it's not great big, they're tiny little things like this, is that puffball part in the middle which takes up most of the, the mushroom shape. And there it sits and it waits for the conditions to be right and the rain to fall. And when it does, or when one of my children pokes it with a stick, which is what we used to always do, and if you're going to do that with your kids, use a long stick because you don't want to breathe those spores in. But when it rains, little bursts of spores are shot out from the centre of that puffball. This one's a different species. It doesn't have that star shape, but it's part of that same puffball family. There are larger ones as well. Some of them are the size of a soccer ball. Some of them can get up to about this size. And the soccer ball type ones contain about 7 trillion spores. And all of them have that same job to do. Go and reproduce themselves and in doing so advance the kingdom fungi on Earth. Some of those spores will travel great distances. They can drift across continents on the air currents. But most of them won't. Most of them will fall near to the, the mushroom that they were sent out from. Every single spore has that same purpose, to go and reproduce itself and advance the kingdom fungi. And isn't that just like what we are called to do when Jesus said to us to go and make disciples of all nations? If you are a disciple, the Bible tells us you are sent to go and make disciples. And isn't making disciples effectively reproducing yourself? If you're a disciple and you make more disciples, you've reproduced yourself. So every spore has a single purpose and every spore, whether it lands nearby or whether it drifts miles across continents, is sent. Every one of them is sent out from the mushroom, from the puffball, with that same single mission. Go. Make more of yourself. Advance the kingdom fungi on earth. So if the church is like a mushroom in that it makes known the kingdom of God, then we people who are the church are like the spores being sent out from it. That's what that... The word that uh, we now in English call mission... That's what it means. The original Latin missio means sending. We're sent out to make known and to advance the kingdom of God by proclaiming the universal reign of God through Christ. And how are we to do that? Yes, we can speak it. You can proclaim things by telling them to other people, but sometimes actions Speak louder than words. Sometimes your words have very little effect if your actions are telling a different story. 
If the mushrooms have anything to teach us, they teach us that you can also show what a kingdom is like without words. Those few mushrooms give us a tiny glimpse of a mighty kingdom that lies beneath. And likewise, we need to show what the kingdom of God is like and point others to the reign of God. We should give them a little glimpse, a taste of the kingdom through our lives. So what is the kingdom of God like? If we're sent to show what it's like, we need to know what it's like. And Jesus had, of course, plenty to say about what the kingdom of God was like. Once when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, this is what Jesus said. He said, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is not something that we can point to. And it's not a place that we can go to and stand and say, look, now I'm in the kingdom of God. It's within us because it refers to the rule or reign of God in our midst. And that reign is expressed on earth in a number of ways. And Michael Frost points those out in that little book that we've been working through and he's borrowed them from N.T. Wright. We're going to go through some of those things now. These are the things that we're sent to speak and to show to help other, others recognise this reign of God on earth. So the most basic and probably the most surprising of these is beauty. God's reign on earth is expressed in his creative work. Nature, music, art, even good food, poetry, all of these things can do things for people that sometimes mere words cannot do. Climbing a mountain to take in some spectacular scenery, walking a windswept beach, taking in the power of a, a waterfall, being immersed in a piece of music, enjoying or creating art, all of these things give people a taste of the majesty of our creator God. They give people that sense of wow, of God's greatness and of our own smallness and they can move people in ways that sometimes words just can't. During the school holidays, I took my youngest kids into IMAX, the 3D cinema uh, in the city. And we saw a movie called Flight of the Butterflies. Have any of you seen it? It's worth seeing. It's well worth seeing. So we sat through, you know, all the trailers and the things that come before movies. And they, the trailers were in 3D and they were good. But then the movie started. And this movie is about one man's quest to discover where the monarch butterflies go when they migrate. And he spent a lifetime working it out and he mobilised citizen scientists all across America 
scout groups, primary schools, they were all out trying to work out where these butterflies were going. And when the movie begins, it's like the whole theatre is full of butterflies and they're flying around you. I don't know how they do it, um, but, but they do. There was not a single person in that cinema who didn't go, wow. And people, people had their hands out to get butterflies to land on their hands. They're not real, they're 3D. People are like this going, wow. And some people are going, oh my God, this is amazing, like this. And there was a little kid, a couple of seats down from me, she was four, she was squealing in delight. And I looked back and it actually made me cry because it was just so beautiful. And I looked back at all these people and I thought, this is as close as you get to spontaneous praise outside of a church building. People were just stunned. Oh, wow. If you get a chance to go and see it, go and see it. It's, I think it's still on next Saturday. It's probably one of the last screenings. In the, it's around about 11 or something at IMAX, but it's well worth it. I just came home and was just reliving it, you know, praising God for what, for what it showed. So, you know, if, if you have that skill of making movies or making music or making beautiful artwork, use it to show people what God is like and what he's done. Now, not all of us have those skills and, and we might need to be a little more creative with what we do. Um, when I was back working in a lab and looking down microscopes at all these fungi. I used to just, I'd sit there with my eye on the scope going, wow, that's amazing. And then it dawned on me that I was the only one who ever got to see this. People would bring me in, you know, diseased specimens and things and, and they just saw the ugly part. I saw the great part. And so I thought, I'm gonna take photos. So the camera, the microscopes all had cameras and so I took photos and I printed them all out A4 and laminated them and I stuck them on the wall in my lab. And eventually, it didn't take long, every centimetre of the wall was covered in these things and people would come into my little lab and they'd go, wow, is that what you see down there? And I'd go, yep, it's a whole other beautiful world. And people would want to talk about it because they'd never seen anything like it. And there'd be these big burly guys coming in. And I'd go, see that one over there? You brought that in last week. You know, and it just opened up for people to talk about. You, know, you have to be creative. My dentist used to have his gallery on the roof of his surgery. It was great. It was a great way of distracting you from what was going on in your mouth. And you're just looking at all these beautiful things on the roof. Lots of ways to do it. I mean, the most basic is just to take people out into nature. Take them on a hike, go for a walk and point out some of the beautiful things that you see and talk about God who made all of these things. Justice is another way of showing what God's kingdom is like, of showing and expressing God's reign on earth. And as sent ones, we can show what the kingdom of God is like by demonstrating justice 
in our own lives by doing what we can for the vulnerable and the marginalised. Refuse to buy or invest in things that you know that exploit the poor. Do what you can to improve the living standards of others. If that means selling and sorting books for a charity, then sell and sort books for a charity. If it means cutting and sewing dresses and sending them overseas, then cut and sew dresses and send them overseas. If it means writing letters on behalf of political prisoners, write your letters. If it means delivering meals to the needy or packing grocery hampers, then deliver and pack. If it means fostering disadvantaged children, do that. If it means using your medical or teaching or engineering qualifications for the betterment of others, do that. If it means funding a well in a third world country or sponsoring a child, then fund the well and sponsor the child. All of these things are completely within our grasp as sent people. In fact, all of these things that I've just mentioned are already being done by people in our midst. Show people what the kingdom of God is like by giving them a taste of his justice in their own world. Fundamentally, though, the kingdom of God is a place where God and humanity are reconciled. That's why Christ came, is it not? Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we are to do as sent ones, to reconcile people to God and they can also see that in the way that they are reconciled to others. In Christ there is no more Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, all are one in Christ Jesus. So when we show people what the kingdom of God is like, at the heart of that must be reconciliation. And you can't do that unless you yourself are fully reconciled to others. So as sent people, we can show what the kingdom of God is like by being agents for reconciliation. We can say it, we can share the good news with someone, but we also need to show it. Our words will mean very little if we are estranged from someone else, or we harbour a grudge against someone else, or we're gossiping about someone else. So we show what the kingdom of God is like by working for reconciliation in our own lives, and in the lives of others, by being peacemakers, people who bring people together and work for peace. Finally, Michael Frost reminds us that the kingdom of God is about the restoration of broken people. 
In fact, that is the evidence that Jesus gave the disciples of John the Baptist when they came to check that he really was the Messiah. Go back and report to John what you've seen and what you've heard, he said. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Being an agent of healing in the lives of others where there is brokenness can mean all sorts of things. For some of you with medical training, that's what you do every day, that's your job. But for others, for the rest of us, there's no shortage of opportunities for us as well. Think of the recent floods, how broken people's lives were when they had all of their livelihood swamped in mud. And people came out of their homes and helped others simply sweep the mud out the front door. That is showing people what the kingdom of God is like. It's meeting them in their brokenness and doing something to help restore that brokenness. Be a listening ear and a wise counsel when others have family problems, when there are issues in marriages, when there are issues with children, when jobs are lost, when fortunes have been squandered, or when a health crisis strikes. All of these situations when people are vulnerable and they feel broken, they're opportunities to show what the kingdom of God is like. Speak the good news into the lives of others. Sit with someone who is feeling broken. And above all else, pray. Pray for supernatural healing, that kind of healing that you can't do on your own. Even if you've got all the medical skills in the world, you can't bring about that supernatural healing without the Holy Spirit's help. And all of us can pray. Missional people recognise themselves as sent ones. It's who we are. We are those whom the prophet Isaiah spoke about, who would proclaim God's glory among the nations. And for many of us, thinking of ourselves in that way, as sent ones, doesn't come naturally because we've allowed ourselves to believe that only some, a select few, are sent and the rest of us stay here and cheer on their efforts. We need to consciously develop the habit of considering ourselves, all of us, to be sent ones. That's the great commission that we were given. It wasn't given just to a select few. Now, the bad news here is that forming a habit takes time. On average, it takes between 59 to 70 days to form a new habit. So if this is the last you think about being sent, well, 
nothing changes. There's not going to be any change of habit. You have to consciously, for 59 to 70 days at least, be thinking of yourself as a sent one. And how can you do that? Well, in the book, Michael Frost suggests that we journal each day. Be conscious and journal ways that you have alerted people to the reign of God through Christ. Ways that you have shown what the kingdom is like in that particular day. Whether you do it through a journal, whether you simply do it in your own prayer times each day, consciously working through, how have I shown others what the kingdom of God is like? It doesn't really matter as long as there's that conscious effort. And then you will find a change in mindset. Um, It will become ingrained in you that you are a sent one. So May is Mission Month and we are coming towards the end of it in this church. It is Mission Month each year in this church. But May is also Mushroom Month, the best time of the year to see these little beauties out and about. So if you're out in the park or even in your own garden and you happen to see a mushroom here or there, let it remind you of what is hidden beneath, of that mighty kingdom that lies beneath the soil line and let it remind you that we are to do likewise, to show others what God's kingdom is really like by our own lives. All of us are sent. It doesn't matter if you're sent to some deepest, darkest tribe somewhere in the jungles of wherever, or whether you're sent to your local probus club, or to your workplace, or to the local school, or even to your next door neighbour. We are all sent and we need to look for opportunities uh, to advance the kingdom of God and to show others what it's really like and just how good it really is.